0: Hey everyone, this is Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee and welcome to the A to Z of sex. I'm a sex and intimacy coach and a psychologist and I've spent the last 30 plus years helping people to create hot and healthy sexual and intimate relationships. We are working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. And today the letter is K and K is for kinky Q and A. So today I am taking questions on kinks. Anything is a valid question, anything about kinky sex, kinks, fetishes, kinky ideas, all of that today. And joining me so that it's not just me speaking and so that there will be some delicious conversation is Lorraine Ansell. She's a writer and purveyor of fine erotica, words from short stories to full books, and enjoys asking creative questions and computing new experiences to better understand the world. Why is a word that she will often ask, and she's happy with replying, why not? Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you very much for having me. It's great Uh, to be on here. Thank you.
0: It's so my pleasure. So let's see what we've got. What should we start with? I've pulled up the Facebook group. um, So for people who are listening, you can uh, join the Facebook group and send a question through there. You can email at loribeth at drlauribethbisbee.com and you can phone in. So those are all the ways or if you actually send me a, a thing on Facebook Messenger, I will also take questions that way. So there's all these ways to send through questions tonight. Um, or today, depending on where you are. Well, we are, it's evening. So so let's start with, uh, all right. So I got asked a question, which is, what kinks would you label low risk and why? And what kinks would you label high risk and why? All right. So, um, hmm. That's interesting because it depends on how you define risk. So if we want to talk about physical risk, I'll do the high risk ones because those are the ones that stand out to me right now. Uh, Breath play is a kink that's high risk. Because even when you do it right, there is still a risk um, that somebody will die or be incapacitated. Um, and, And some people are, oh, no, no. I'm telling you there's a risk. There's a risk because you don't know how people's um, vagus nerve reacts. And some people have a really extreme reaction. Um, so even if you're using appropriate technique, it is always still a risk. So I would label that high risk. Um, I would label spanking low risk, but that I want to be clear that low risk does not equal low pain. Uh, I'd label it low risk because unintended injuries for a bare-bottom spanking, let's just be clear, are not frequent. Um, bruising is something that might happen, but anything worse than that is not frequent. Um, when somebody's doing it bare, <clears throat> bare-handed, bare-bottomed, and um, no rings. Let's <laughs> be really clear, right? Um, let's see, other high-risk kinks. Do you know, I actually consider um, lots of forms of bondage high risk. But I consider them high risk because um, I'm never clear how well people risk assess their partners. So um, if you are not well-versed with your partner and if you don't have a high level of trust it's high risk because somebody's incapacitating you and if they incapacitate you then of course they have access to you I mean would you agree with that Lorraine
1: yes I yeah I can get that completely that is really interesting hadn't thought about it that way um so like how would you look after yourself then
0: well I mean I think the way you look after yourself is making sure that you get to know somebody before you let them incapacitate Mm. you you know, and I, and I think that people often, many people get so excited by this that they don't even think about it. And they, they, you know, basically hand strangers the ability to incapacitate them in private. It's different if you're going to do it in public in a club because there's a limited amount that somebody is going to attempt to do to you with um, 100 people around you or 50 people around you. You know, then there's some public accountability there. But if you're going to go off in private <clears throat> to do bondage games... You need to know who you're doing it with. There are some risks, depending on what kind of bondage that you do um, of injuries. Um, some people, again, this is one that not everybody knows, but some people, if you and I'm one of them, if you tie my hands above my head, I'm liable to faint. And that's got to do with my um, venous system, It's and it's not got to do with you know pain or anything like that it's it's got to do with the way my body works and um it's apparently it's not uncommon so that's one that you probably want to know about um with um suspension in particular if you don't do it properly you can you can cause some pretty serious injuries to joints and things like that so you need to know what you're doing when you do suspension
1: so would you recommend then doing like a course or a workshop to understand like you know the pros cons how to do it properly
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think one, one of the things is if you're going to try something like this, it may look easy. Lots of things look easy. And I'll give an example. I had a, a person book 30 Minutes Free with me recently, who um, wanted to talk about um, um, spicing up his sex life with his wife. And he was saying that, you know, they watched some pornography together and they decided they would try anal sex based on the pornography. And, um, and it went horribly. Um, and the reason it went horribly was because they, expect, they both had the expectation that she would just open up with no problem and there would be no pain. And I was like, he said, because it looked easy because these women were having no trouble. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, first of all, they do it a lot. Um, second of all, sometimes they use numbing agents. I mean, there's, there's all sorts of reasons why that might look easy. And if you want to do this with your wife, these are the steps you need to take in order to try and avoid pain so i think a lot of times people read about something or they see something and they they think it sounds simple um but if you actually take a class you're more likely to find out that actually it's more complicated than it looks
1: and practice makes perfect isn't it with every hobby with every skill with every job absolutely practice
0: Absolutely. So, I mean, so for for example, for rope work, I would always recommend you you take some courses. I recommend Midori is one of the best, um, and Midori's is doing um, um, virtual classes now, um, and she does do some virtual classes in um, in, in in rope. Although I don't know if she's doing virtual in rope. I think she did, she has done some virtual in rope. She does whip fit classes, so she does um, a fitness class using a whip or a flogger virtually as well oh Um, that's
1: brilliant that sounds great fun i've got to try that out
0: (laughs) yeah it is it's great so for those of you who are interested in accessing some of midori's classes right now her online classes if you join her patreon um then um you get access to her to her classes so if, if you're interested in that do go and join midori's patreon um and when you do please tell her i sent you um, so yes, I would say that that's something that you want. You definitely want to have classes. Having classes will help. Um, you also want to make sure that you negotiate well with, um, the person that you're playing with. Um, and that's another thing that will lower the risk that will lower Not only physical risk, it'll obviously lower emotional risk. Um, so communication is key. Um, and and I would actually say that all sorts of kinks and all sorts of sex are high risk if you're not able to communicate.
1: That's a very good point. Yeah, I think I think often the situation is people are quite shy to often start the conversation. It's the, and and what most people say is, "Well, wh- how do I? What is the first word that I have to say?"
0: Right. Well, if you're, I mean, the first word for starting a conversation if you're already a partner is, "I've been thinking." Or I was reading or I I saw this movie and that's where you start. Um, If you don't know somebody, I mean, in some ways it's easier. You know, if you're starting to date someone and you don't know them, in some ways it's easier. It's that there are things that I like that are not um, standard. I would I mean, personally, what if what what if I meet somebody and I'm not sure if they're vanilla or kinky, and that doesn't happen anymore, really. But when it did, I would just say, "Look, I'm kinky. And so that's where I'm gonna start. I don't do vanilla sex. And if they said, "What's vanilla sex, I know I'm in a difficult situation, right? <laughs> you know, well, what does that mean, right? Okay? This is probably not going to work, um, but um, I think that, that one of the ways of sometimes making some of the high risk things low risk is by actually doing it, um, in negotiating and making sure that you're not just sort of jumping into bed. Um, I'm gonna we're a couple of minutes from break, and but there are some more high and low risk things that I think I want to I want to raise um, when we get back. Um, so there's high risk because again it's the definition. So like um, let's look at d- disease risk, right? So any kinks that involve bodily fluids or exposure to bodily fluids or products of the body, so that includes SCAT as well, right? Any of them are high risk for illness unless you take adequate precautions. And they're still not what I would call low risk, even with barrier methods of precautions. There's still a risk not 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 low risk They're still a risk but they're high risk unless you take adequate precautions because you've got high risk for infection and disease
1: and even more so like now where we are currently
0: in this crazy world absolutely at the moment you know non-kinky things like kissing can be high risk <laughs> yeah. so um we've gonna head off to break and hear from our sponsors and when we get back we'll just pick this up after remember if you've got questions about anything to do with kink or kinky please write them in and we'll see you in a couple of minutes your life
2: your health your network you're listening to voice america
3: health and wellness
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And this week it is K is for Kinky Q and A. And I am with the amazing Lorraine Ansel and we are answering questions. So I'm going to wrap up from the last question, which was um, low risk versus high risk kink and say that um, I think we also need to look at emotional risk and we didn't talk about that before that often people think about the um, physical risk um but they don't think about the emotional risk and some kinks do have an emotional risk if, they, if, if it's something that might trigger um a um a, a traumatic memory of a past event or if it's um, something for example some people like enjoy humiliation but that can trigger negative feelings about yourself that last beyond the kinky session so um, it is important um, to know yourself and know your emotions well so that you can know what is more or less likely to be high risk for you. And I teach a class on risk assessment in relationships, which I'll be teaching again um, online um, in the next sort of eight weeks. The, the date should be up within my membership group fairly soon, and then um, then the event will be what more widely made available. Um But it's a it's a class I teach regularly because people often don't really get how to risk assess and decide whether a relationship is likely to be right for them. A lifestyle is likely to be right for them and what to pay attention to in order to make sure that they're making the best and most conscious choices that they can. That sounds great. I need to go on that course. It's a fab course. It's a lot of, I mean, you know, I say it's a lot of fun. People like, they hear the title, they're like, oh God, no, it doesn't sound, you know, I'd rather go on a flogging course. Well, yeah, okay, but this is a lot of fun because once you really start to key into your own intuition, your in, I call it your inner siren, and it's that thing in your gut that tells you that something's a good good. Bet and something's not a good bet. Once you really clued into that, once you're paying attention to that, once you're actually consciously thinking through things, you make much better choices. So you have a lot more fun. So it gives you that sense of power and control because that's what you're taking back. A lot of times, people make their um, relationship decisions um, from an emotional feeling, a sexual feeling. They're not well thought through at all, and and that means we often end up acting out of past patterns. Um, and so we don't really get what we want. Um, so risk assessment is to help you actually make some of those choices in a in a more conscious manner and and make sure that you're maximizing pleasure and minimizing negativity. Um, let's see what other questions we've got. So I've got one, which is: Do you think kinky is a preference or an orientation? Oh, good question. Yep, and the person who said it said that. And personally, I can, couldn't do a non-kinked relationship as it would make me deeply unhappy. I think we're hardwired that way or not that way. But for others, perhaps it's a preference or something they dabble in. What are your thoughts? Um, I do think that many people are hardwired um, in this way. Um, and, I, and and I people here about me talk a lot about... Um, dominance and submission as an orientation as opposed to as a kink and that's because there there are many people whose sexual orientation is around power i'm one of them so for me gender doesn't matter what matters is the power and the energy um so when somebody asks me what's your sexual orientation i say slave and people are like what it's because that's what motivates me. That's what drives me. That's what turns me on. It can be, a person can be um, on any part, point in the gender spectrum and they'll be attracted to me based on that energy. So you can put the most physically, you know, handsome, attractive guy in front of me that, you know, everybody in the world is going, Oh my God, I want a piece of that. And, visually I might say, ooh, that looks nice. But when I feel that energy, if if the power isn't there, it's like, oh, it's flat. <laughs> right? You're right. I can't I can't make that connection. So I guess in answer to the question, yes, I do think some people are hardwired. Um for kink um for kinkiness, I don't think for specific kinks necessarily. I don't think that is hardwired, but for um alternative, for an alternative view of sexuality, I do think, I do think there's a hardwiredness to the, to the, um, some of it to the, like the dom sub side, for example. Um, and, um, I do think some people dabble. I mean, there are plenty of people who most of their sex life is, um, what we would consider heteronormative. Or there are other people who are um, not heterosexual, but their, their sex life is still normative, right? So it's all the things we think of as usual. So that in- includes, you know, oral sex and um, penetrative sex of some type and, um, and to a degree now, anal sex, all of that is sort of pretty normative now. Um, and, they dabble. So they might, you know, get into spanking or they might get into canes or they might do a power exchange in the bedroom. Like, um, you know, a couple, you know, she ties him down and, and says, you just have to accept pleasure from me. I'm, I'm in charge. Or, um, you know, he says, okay, I've got, tonight, you're going to follow my rules. And then at, at the end of it, that's it, right? It's just in the bedroom. And, and it isn't all the time in the bedroom. And then there are people where it is all the time in the bedroom and then there are those who live their lives by by an alternative way, style of relationship. And I think the thing that's more hardwired is that desire to live in an alternative style of relationship. So the power exchange. Less so than the actual um, kink or fetish, right? So um, some of those connections are made from experiences in childhood, some of them just arise, but I think that's less hardwired than um, than the actual, um, I think the choosing of roles is much more hardwired.
1: Yeah, that yeah makes I sense. see that. So kind of coming from that then, how does somebody, you know, wherever they are on their kink journey, how do they investigate further? A lot of people do dabble. A lot of people don't even know that perhaps it is hardwired. How do they suddenly think, oh, maybe I want to take this further. What do do they do then? Okay.
0: So, I mean, I think that people who feel that this is a necessary part of their life are the ones where it is more hardwired. Like, as you feel like, uh, it's similar to when we talk about specific fetishes, right? But for some people, Some people enjoy um, spanking. Some people enjoy water sports. Some people enjoy um, uh, auditory erotica. Some people enjoy um, cross-dressing, right? So we've got a range there. But they can get off doing other things. It's just a thing that they like to do sometimes that gets them off, but it isn't necessary in order for them to reach orgasm. It's a confirmed fetish when you can't get off without that thing. Now, it doesn't have to be that firm thing, i.e., you don't have to be doing the activity, but you could just have some of it in fantasy. You could have just a piece of the activity, enough, and then reach orgasm. But if that's where you are, that's much more of a, of a hardwired thing when you're talking about kink, right? So if you're somebody who's realizing that actually... I can't, I don't enjoy any sex that isn't kinky. Then you're more likely to start exploring more. Um, And then the exploration in some ways is easier because you, you're committed. I think when somebody's starting to dabble, it might feel harder because they're not sure where to look or what to try or how to look. And I would say that again you want to you want to follow what turns you on. The easiest way to start exploring is to follow what turns you on. And and if you don't want to try and see as the first thing you do, read. Oh my god, you know there's erotica on every single fetish, fantasy, kinky thing that you can imagine out there. Read, watch movies, listen to erotica and figure out what does what what stirs you up? And from there, you can start to explore. You've got a dozen things that stir you up. You can start to explore from there. But you also need to recognize that sometimes things turn us on in our minds and we try them and it's like,
1: hmm. <laughs> the or fantasy is, yeah, the fantasy is greater than reality.
0: Mm-hmm. So, you know, when that happens, don't worry about it. You just go, OK, I'm just going to keep this as a fantasy, but I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> And sometimes it's awful because you, you didn't get the right setup. For example, like there'll be people who will um, fantasize about, um, you know, being in a power exchange and, and um, you know, sort of being carried off and ordered around and whatever. And in real life, it's like, oh, that didn't work very well, but they didn't make a good partner choice. Because there's a wide range on everything. And sometimes you have somebody, like I remember telling somebody I wasn't into pain. It's like, oh God, I'm not into pain. I'm not into pain. I'm not into pain. I, 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 am, I am a true masochist, right? And I was like, I'm not into pain. Why? Because the person who was hitting me um, wasn't very skilled. And so there was no rhythm. There was no buildup. There was no, he wasn't watching what was going on with me. So sure, I didn't like it because all it was was painful. I didn't have the opportunity for my body to turn that into pleasure. Yeah. That, for me, it requires a certain rhythm and, and, and other things. Um, there are a lot of things that go into something becoming pleasurable that would normally be perceived as, as painful. And, um, and so I thought I wasn't into pain because he didn't know what he was doing. I tried with somebody else later and I was like, Ooh, wait a minute, hold it. Oh, wow. I'm actually a really heavy masochist. <laughs> But there has to be some lead in for me and or and and some and a relationship for me. And, you know, so there are things that have to be there. Um, So sometimes, you know, it's not that the fantasy is not something you're going to enjoy in real life. It's just you've tried with a person and it hasn't worked or you've tried a type of something and it doesn't work. So we're a couple of minutes from break. When we come back, we'll take some more questions. It is kinky Q&A. Please write your questions in We've got time for quite a number of them, and I want to cover as many things as I possibly can. So we will be back after a word from our sponsors, and we look forward to seeing you or hearing from you then.
2: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness.
3: There is a difference in health and wellness programs. There can be mainstream programs, and then there is something extra. That something extra is called tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated. With your host, Kristen Harper. If you want to hear some behind the scenes talk radio when it comes to health and wellness, Are you ready to live to 100? Join Dr. Joe Casciani and his program that shows us that age is just a number. You can age with fresh and inspiring perspectives, whether it's staying physically fit or keeping mentally fit, with great stories, plenty of advice about successful aging, and brighter outlooks. You just might join those who are living to 100. The Living to 100 Club is broadcast live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel.
2: We're on the pulse of the world with great shows and hosts. The Voice America Health and Wellness Channel is also on Twitter. We've got ideas to keep you healthy, breaking health news, and more. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAMHealth. That's at VoiceAMHealth.
0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the A to Z of Sex with me, Dr. Laurie Beth Bisbee, and this is part three of K is for Kinky Q&A, um, and I'm here with Lorraine Ansell and answering questions on kink. Um, so before the break, I was waiting for more questions, and I've got another one. Uh, what's the question? So I got asked, um, what's your favorite kink, or if that's too difficult, a choice, top three um okay so yes it is too difficult to say what my favorite kink is um i mean i think i need to say that for me um the top is definitely power exchange right so i'm a slave i like somebody in charge so i guess that's my favorite kink um that needs to be present for everything so it's not right Some people have kinks without the power exchange. I don't. Um, So that I'm not even, I I don't even know that I want to include that in the list because that's got to be present for everything. Um, I think um, water sports is one of my top three. Um, I love flogging. That's probably my second. Um, And then, I don't know, I don't know. It's hard. God, this is really hard. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm really oral. Um, and um, I like, um, I also like kind of the, the whole idea of being slutted out. So, you know, multiple, multiple partners for sex, serving multiple people sexually would be my third top one, I think it's hard. I mean, I've got lots, I've got lots of kinks, so it is, it is definitely hard.
1: I mean, we'll need a top 10 at this rate, won't we? Yeah,
0: we do. <laughs> we do. Um, and there, I mean, there are things that, you know, I suppose there are things that I don't particularly like and things that I do particularly like. Um, and I was thinking about, you know, cause I got to ask, I got to ask another question about this recently. So I'll use it here because it was recent. It's like, excuse me, are there things that you have a real aversion to? Um, And um, that's always an interesting question if you're somebody who's in power exchange relationships because you might have a real aversion to something, but um, if your agreement is you do what you're told, then you kind of end up doing it anyway. And sometimes because of the way you're being told to do it, the aversion goes away, so it's not as, you know... It's not like horrible or as, as upsetting or, or as bad. Like, like I, I, a great example of this. Um, I have a love-hate relationship with Bastinado, which is um, having your it's when your feet are being beaten or hit or tortured. Um, actually, I, I mean, on one level, I cannot stand it, but um, um, actually both masters really like Bastinado. So it means I experience it a lot and um, it'll still be really hot, as part of a scene. So I'm hating it, but I'm loving it. So it's hard to explain because part of, part of the masochism is that, that actually at a certain level, I'm still going to get pleasure out of it, even though I'm not liking the actual sensation. It's just, it's, it's hard. So, um, so it's, you know, when you think about things that you really don't like, um, Hmm. Hmm.
1: It's I think that's a good way though isn't it for people to if, if that's what they want to explore because you've actually said a mix yeah. of kinks and I think people often think oh it's one or the other or it might you know and it's not we can we, we're all little flavors of different things we like different things so that's interesting that you have a list but also you know how how would a person kind of categorize it and I think doing the inverse of what you don't like is actually quite interesting.
0: Yeah, and I I also think that what people don't realize, and and this is why I never say, you know, I hate this, I I love this, I hate this, anything like that, um, because what people don't realize is that there's a lot of variation in how things are done, and there's a lot of variation in um, how we experience things. So um, depending on the person we're doing it with or the day or, for example, um, if you're somebody you're talking about doing something that might cause pain. If you're female, if if you're female and have menstrual cycles, um, or if you whatever gender you are, if you have menstrual cycles, right, um, then you will experience pain differently at different points in your cycle. Oh, that's a good point. So um, pain thresholds can go up. They can go down and and they move. And so there are some times where it might be loads of fun to engage in a very heavy scene where you're having, um, for example, where your breasts are being tortured. So clamps, flicking, pinching. Some people like needles. That's a high risk one. <laughs> needles is a high risk because you're breaking the skin. So breaking the skin is an infection risk. Um, but if you're with somebody who's being really careful, that lowers the risk. But when I learned about needles, I learned about it from this um, uh, woman, Linda, who is, is fantastic. And as she was, you know, putting the needle in, because obviously I consented and was talking about it, she's like, you know, I, I, we've lowered the risk by um, making sure the area is clean and making sure the needles are sterilized, blah, blah, blah. But you don't completely eliminate the risk because there's bacteria everywhere. Mm. So, you know, that's a high risk activity, even when it's being done properly. But it's fun. Why is it fun? Um, one of the, I mean, I'm a needle phobe. I should start by saying I'm needle phobic. Um, I, I get my blood taken very regularly because of the autoimmune diseases I have. And I still can't stand to watch them while they're, they're taking the blood. Like, I don't mind seeing the blood. I don't like the needle. I've had to inject myself regularly while I was pregnant with my son and I did it and I still can't stand the needle. Um, So um, I don't like needles. I I hate Novocaine. I hate all of that. Um, And yet I'm tattooed all over. Right. (laughs) In part, that's different because you don't actually see the needles in the same way. Um, But needle play, when your body is cut, when your skin is cut, the rush of endorphins is really quick. If somebody's causing you pain and you're heading for the rush of endorphins, it's not a quick thing. It's not like pain, endorphins, right? It's a buildup. But when your body's cut, the natural response of the body to, to an invasion is to send a rush of endorphins. So the high is really quick, which is why needle play is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it is definitely something to be aware of that um, that your pain threshold can vary. Um, your desires can vary. Um, when I had periods, you know, which I don't anymore, because um, you can't when you have a hysterectomy, but also I'm too old. <laughs> um, but when I had periods, I used to, the only time I actually craved anal sex was when I was having my period. Huh? I used to crave it. So I enjoyed it at other times, but I wouldn't be likely to be the one who was asking for it. But when I was on my period, I would go and ask for it because that was really hot then. Why? Who knows?
1: I feel that's a really interesting point that you've brought up as well, because as you go through that journey, through menopause and out the other side, you know, your kinks are likely to change like, like other things in your life, like things you've, you enjoyed you were younger where you could do because you were more, more mobile as well. You had a different, Absolutely, you know, pain threshold, and as you go through life,
0: things change. Absolutely, and I do think that's really important. Um, that people don't often don't realize that th- that this is an area of development and isn't static either. Um, okay, I got asked a question on that on that topic, which is that um, if you uh, is it true that when that the there are gateways. To more intense kinks like that, you know, if you start doing something like spanking, that after a while, that's not going to be enough and you're going to want flogging. And after a while, it's not going to be enough and you're going to want something more intense or more heavy or more painful. Um, No, that's not true. There are no gateway drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It is true that people who become comfortable exploring in one area may well choose to explore in other areas because now they're comfortable. And they've gotten past um, any shame that they might have. And they've gotten past um, the, the awkwardness about wanting to explore. So that is true. But it's not like um, you don't become, it doesn't become too little. Now a spanking feels too light and you must have something harder. It's not a progression. Um some people do progress because they're exploring more, but it isn't a, oh, this isn't good enough anymore. This doesn't do it for me anymore. Now I need to make sure that I do something more extreme and more extreme in order to um, um, feel pleasure and reach orgasm. It's not how it works. Um, okay, so let's see. Do we have another one? We are about four minutes to break. Um, So, you know, in terms of that mobility question, what
1: would I have to be thinking about? Because, you know, as you get older, things take longer, you know, that position might not work anymore when it did a few years ago. Like, are there anything that I could use as support or anything like that?
0: Absolutely. I mean, from a mobility point of view, um, wedges and wedge-type pillows are phenomenal things. Um, Liberator makes a line of sex pillows, um and dame products also has a, a one wedge um one pillow um you can use regular pillows and tv pillows you've just got to learn you, you, it's trial and error to get you in the right positions um, furniture that supports you so that you're not having to support yourself furniture that takes the pressure off your knees so there's a lot a lot of times people will will be in a kneeling position in order to get a spanking or a belting or you know something where if they don't want to be up on a St. Andrew's cross or, or they're they're not in a dungeon and there's no spanking bench around. They put themselves in a kneeling position like a spanking bench holds you in that position without as much pressure. But you need to look at pressure on the knees because knees are one of the things that go fairly regularly for many people. Oh, yeah. So what you're trying to do is eliminate pressure on the knees and a lot of things. So look at different kinds of pillows and wedges and also supports You know, sometimes you make it, but for the knee supports, I'll tell you, you know, otherwise it's not happening. Um, There is a thing that it's got a pillow behind the neck and and like it looks like cuffs, but they're not for your arms and your feet. And you pull with your arms to bring your feet up and back to get you in the position where you might have. You know, when you were young, you threw your legs over the person's shoulders. <laughs> Not anymore. That's right. To bring it back, so that's another thing. Um, let's see what else. Um, I think one of the things is to is to really think about where the stresses are, and sometimes that means actually dissecting anatomically more what you, where the impacts are, because people don't necessarily think about those things. Um, And so they tend to give things up rather than going, wait, actually, if we moved around in a different way, if we supported me in a different way, is there a way that we could still do this? Um, So we are about um, a minute and a half from break. And when we get back, we'll finish this question. I've got some information for you for some events that are coming up that are going to be a lot of fun. And we'll probably have time for one or two more questions. We'll be back after some words from our sponsors. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
2: Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thoughts, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time
3: America Health and Wellness. This is the A to Z of Sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drloribethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex.
0: Welcome back to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And this is part four of K is for Kinky Q&A. And I am with Lorraine Ansell. And before the break she asked me about um aging and and thinking about um as people age how do we adapt so that we can still enjoy the things that we were enjoying so um we were talking about things like wedges and um and pillows and things in order to um maneuver in a way that's going to make sure that we're able to manage um and The other thing to think about, so you want to think, you want to be thinking positions. Positions is really important to think about. The other thing to think about is um, things like need for liquid and hydration. Um, Most of us have less natural lubrication everywhere as we get older, so we need to make sure that we have hydration. And I will say it, people must be sick of me saying this lube, lube, lube. I gotcha. Okay. (laughs) Seriously, even if you're young and and lubricating well, you should use lube. Why? Because we run out of natural lube and we're not aware of it. And we make little micro tears in our mucous membranes and those create little bits of scar tissue, which when we're older will be a problem because those uh we become less um elastic as we get older and so we don't want little bits of scar tissue that's going to negatively impact our elasticity Mm. so lube lots of lube um and so that's one um also energy can be a problem as people get older so again make sure that you are um planning um maybe uh shorter sessions, and remembering that when people are excited and into something and really interested, they often um, are unaware of the signs that they're running out of steam. And then you can have crashes and burns. So it's really important to make sure that you're kind of planning around that um, and making sure that there are little sweet treats and things there for sugar crashes.
1: And recovery time, because as, you know, as you get
0: older... I'm glad you brought this up because right now um, this is a good time to talk about drop. So what is drop? Um, People often call it sub drop, but it's not, it can be dom drop too. Drop is what you experience when you've been really playing heavy. So you've been um, involved in any kind of a kink scene that is, that has kicked up your adrenaline levels and your endorphin levels. Um, And when it is over, People often experience drop. Why? Well, there are some physiological reasons that people experience drop. They run out of the chemicals. And literally what happens is when the levels drop, they go boom. If you want to have a gradual coming down instead of a boom, you need to make sure that you're well rested, well hydrated, uh, that you're eating and you're not um just running on empty, which people often do, particularly at events, at kink events, people, you know, often forget to eat and they're running on uh, water, um, sometimes other substances and coffee and tea and uh, very little food. So that's not great. Um, and that makes the drop higher. Also, make sure that you plan in activities that make you feel good part of drop for kinky people after events is because they've been surrounded by people who think like they do and who do like they do. And now they're back in a world where they feel othered and, um, and they're, they're not surrounded by people who understand them and that can feel really awful. So um, th- that can feel quite depressing after that. You can feel quite withdrawn, isolated and alone. So again, that's something like make sure that you have, um, contact with people that you're going to be able to um, get some um, some love and reassurance afterwards, and and plan that in. That aftercare isn't just to, for the um, the dominant parties to plan in. That's for um, submissive parties or switches or bottoms, whatever. If you're doing any kind of power exchange, um, if you're not, it's for the receivers and the givers to plan in to make sure that everybody is going to get some of the good stuff that we all need to maintain an even keel, not only physically, but also emotionally.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a good thing to remind ourselves about that drop, yeah. And snacks, I'm a big believer in the snacks.
0: Snacks are good. Snacks are good. Snacks are very good. Um, Okay, let's see. So um, what have we got for other questions oh i got um i got asked about consensual non-consent i always get asked about consensual non-consent so in a scene as a kink in a scene consensual non-consent is when you are creating a scene in which um you negotiate that A person is going to do all sorts of things to violate you, and um, you're going to say no and struggle and fight, and that's okay. So you've consented for them to do anything they want. Um, A lot of people do... Um, interrogation scenes that way or rape scenes that way. And yes, people do do rape play and they plan it out very carefully. Um, And so they say, no matter what I say, don't stop. Uh, And sometimes they'll say, unless you hear the safe word, which will not be no, stop, please, because all of those things are things you would shout normally. So it'll be something totally different as a safe word. So the person's clear that you really do want that to end that scene. Um, This is one of the higher risk things. You really need to know what you're doing. You really need to make sure you negotiate clearly and you don't do this with someone you don't know. We are four minutes till the end of the show, believe it or not, already. So I want to tell you about a couple of things that are upcoming. And then if we have time, I'll take another question. Um, So tomorrow is National Bosses Day. And and in honor of National Bosses Day, we're going to do it a little bit celebrate a little bit kinky style over on my membership group, my bosses, my two masters and I are going to answer questions about power exchange. So I've got my bosses coming to celebrate national bosses day. This is happening inside my Facebook membership group. So if you want to see this or participate in this, you're going to have to join the group. You can join the group by going over to facebook.com forward slash groups, and then forward slash Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. That's where you'll find it. There are a few questions about what you're hoping to get out of the group. And there are some membership rules for you to agree to. And the rules are about about creating a safe space. And then you'll be in, like Flynn, and you can participate in that one. You'll also be privy to um, most of my new content, which lands there first, and all sorts of events that aren't available to the rest of the public so do consider coming over and joining the membership group in time for tomorrow's celebration of natural national bosses day um, when we will be discussing power exchange and um, i also have another erotic fireside chat coming up on the 24th of october this is an evening event where you get to experience some erotica and also we always have an activity that will give you some fun skills to take away. If you're interested, do let me know. Um, You can email me at loribeth at drlauribethbisbee.com. Let me know of your interest because it's a small group and so we curate the group and I'll send you the application form. Um, We will be next week, L is the letter And I will look forward to seeing you all then. Thanks, Lorraine, for joining me and helping me out with this one. Thank you for having me. What a great one. A lot of fun. Look for Lorraine's work. Lorraine, quickly tell them your website.
1: Yes. uh, So my website is www.lorrainevoiceart.com. And that's where I do a lot of my voiceover work um, because I voice all sorts of things. So find me there. Thank you.
0: Brilliant. Um, And we will see you all next week. Stay safe, but have fun. That's it for me this week.